Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Nicole Hannah-Jones, creator of the 1619 Project from the New York Times Magazine. The project makes a case that you don't often hear in history textbooks, that slavery was foundational to America. So it wasn't surprising that we ignited a fierce debate among historians about these issues. But that's the power of the New York Times, to spark an important dialogue with bold, rigorous reporting that forces us to examine our assumptions. To learn more, go to nytimes.com slash worth it. Hi, I'm Imri, the host of The Wannabe Podcast, the podcast that takes you from where you are now to where you want to be in 30 minutes or less. I hope that you are enjoying this special so far. It's been so fun to create. Next week, I'll be joined by BAFTA award-winning director, Emma Asante. So make sure you share this podcast with a friend because those episodes are not to be missed. This week, I'm back again with April Rain, who's currently the Senior Director of Marketing at Fractured Atlas, an organisation that empowers artists by eliminating practical barriers to artistic expression so as to foster a more agile and resilient cultural ecosystem. April is the creator of so many viral hashtags and the most notable being Oscars So White, which challenges the lack of representation of marginalised communities in Hollywood. In today's episode, April shares how she transitioned from a lawyer to a writer and how she knew she was a good writer. We discuss the creation of Oscar So White and why it's important. And in this episode, you'll learn about the telltale signs you're in the wrong job and what you can do about it. You'll learn how to get comfortable and patient with your journey. And we also talk about the work you might be tempted to do for free and why that just might be your calling. I hope you enjoy it. Who did you want to be before you became who you are today and why? Um, I I don't know that I had a specific person in mind. Um, I initially thought that I wanted to be a zoologist and then quickly discovered as a child that I was allergic to everything but goldfish. (laughs) So that was no longer an option. Um, I then thought for a really long time that I wanted to be a child psychologist um, because um, I... I just had a lot of my peers, you know, in in middle school and even in the beginning of high school um, came to me with their issues. You know, I had a friend who was contemplating suicide at one point and we were in seventh and eighth grade. And, you know, and I was sort of having to deal with that, um, you know, being the same age or even slightly younger than him because I skipped kindergarten. So I was a year younger than than most of my um, friends in the same grade. Um, And I really just like helping people with their problems. And, mm-hmm. and I was apparently a good listener. Um, and then probably around junior year of high school, um, you know, I was just thinking about the things that I could do. And back then, you know, I went to high school in the um, mid eighties. So 30 years ago. And at that time um, to be a professional woman, you really had 
many fewer choices than you have now. You know, so it was either you're going to be an engineer or a um, doctor or a lawyer. Um, my mother had a law degree, um, mm-hmm. but never actually practiced. Um, I decided that, or I knew that I, I wrote very well, and both of my parents would tell you that I argue very well. And so <laughs> the, the legal field um, seemed like the most logical choice. And so I went to college knowing that I wanted to go directly on to law school after graduation. Oh, awesome. So you were a lawyer. So you did you ever practice the law as well? Yes, I practiced for about 20 years. Yeah, uh, I saw it in your bio, but I wanted to just double check. Um, what was that like? Did you enjoy it? Oh, God, no. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I think part of the problem was I wanted to be a lawyer, but I didn't really know in which field I wanted to practice. So Mm -hmm. I came out um, and got a great job with a well-respected firm, um, but you are the lowest person on the rung, you know, and so you're doing a lot of research work. And and then I also realized um, that to become a partner, which is obviously the goal at every law firm, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you have to bring in a certain amount of clients and money and prestige to the firm. And I am basically... Um, everything to the contrary that you probably think of me um, and an introvert and so the the whole cocktail hour thing and you know and and rain making just really wasn't my bag Um, and so I stayed with the firm for about three years and then quit when I got another job at a place where rain making was not going to be an issue so then I practiced there for about um, 14 or 15 years Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I, this is the first part of the podcast in which I say, you know, I, I made a significant change because um, I was very, un, I, I was unfulfilled in what I was doing. Um, so, you know, the, the work, the work was very lucrative, um, but it was also very safe mm-hmm. and I became very complacent and I, there was no room for creativity um, you know, and, and I was very good at what I did, but I, I got no enjoyment out of it. And, um, so initially, uh, I started writing for Broadway Black, um, which is this multimedia digital platform that celebrates the highlights and achievements of African Americans on and off the Broadway stage. Oh, nice. Um, and I met, um, the founder and editorial director of Broadway Black, Andrew Shade on Twitter. You know, we we were talking back and forth, and then we met in real life. And, and one day he just posted, uh, he tweeted, you know, I really could use some extra writers. And I said, you know, I write. And he's like, well, you know, you're a lawyer. You know, you know, you don't have time to to write for me. You know, and, and this is a totally different type of writing. And I said, well, that might be exactly what I'm looking for. And in fact, it was. Um, and so I became a writer. Really enjoyed it. It gave me a passion that I was not experiencing at work. Um, it gave me a creative outlet, um, and then I realized that I wanted to do more, and I eventually became the managing editor of Broadway Black. Oh, wow. That's really cool. Um, I wanted to pick up on your unfulfillment a little bit, because I think a number of us have, are probably in jobs um, right now that are probably not giving us the most joy. Uh, we're kind of in it for the you know, money and paying rent. Um, And I wanted to know kind of what were the signs that you were unfulfilled? Like, could you kind of quantify those 
those feelings where it's kind of becoming more unsettling and that you had oh, to leave? Yeah, I, I think everybody knows. <laughs> you know, I mean, you, you know whether you're unfulfilled in your work or not, right? Uh, I mean, I was bored yeah. um, and I was doing the same thing day in and day out. And, you know, like the vast majority of people in the world, I'm sure, you know, I was dreading Monday mornings because it meant I'd have to go back to a job I didn't like, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, I was, I was just aimless. Um, You know, there was no passion, there was no creativity, there was no real interest, you know, I wasn't studying to become better in my field, which I think you do when you're really interested in, in you know, learning more about your craft. Yeah. Um, you know, I, it was, I was, the wheels were just turning, you know, I was that hamster or that gerbil on the wheel. Um, you know, as you say, I was, you know, paying the mortgage and, um, you know, making sure the kids had whatever they needed and, and that kind of thing. But I was just unhappy. Um, and, you know, fortunately, I was in a position of privilege that, that I absolutely recognize because there's so many of us who cannot, that mm-hmm. I was able to leave, you know, a very lucrative, well-paying job. And I sat down with my husband and I said, okay, here's the thing. I'm going to be making a lot less <laughs> and traveling a lot more, um, but I'm going to be happy, you know. And to his credit, um, you know, he said, you know, go do what you need to do, you know, and he gave me a parachute and, and said, jump, jump off that cliff. Um, and I did it with his blessing. And, and again, you know, and we were still able to pay the mortgage and all the rest of that stuff. And, um, so I recognized that, that I had the opportunity to do that, that so many, you know, can't. Um, but I think that the, the answer may be to, Um, And and I counsel this all the time to young folks, you know, I didn't find and I'm I'm jumping all over the place, but you guys will get it as you listen to this. I didn't find what I really wanted to do until age 44. Um, And I'm 47 now. Um, And and that was work in the entertainment field. It's it's not anything that I could have imagined um, before I created the Oscar so white hashtag and we can go back and fill in all the gaps that I'm leaving. Yeah, Um, but 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 I think. What I tell people now, um, you know, people that are half my age, uh, that find what it is that you would do for free. Don't do it for free, um, <laughs> but, but figure out what it is that makes you happy, that makes you want to get up in the morning and create um, an environment in which that can be your career. And it doesn't happen immediately. Um, it may take years to get there, but you will be so much happier and so much more fulfilled. And if you do that early, if you don't wait until your early to mid 40s the way I did, um, y- your life will be better because of it. This is Nicole Hannah-Jones, creator of the 1619 Project from the New York Times Magazine. The project makes a case that you don't often hear in history textbooks, that slavery was foundational to America. So it wasn't surprising that we ignited a fierce debate among historians about these issues. But that's the power of the New York Times, to spark an important dialogue with bold, rigorous reporting that forces us to examine our assumptions. To learn more, go to nytimes.com slash worth it. That is such beautiful advice. And I can completely relate to that. I've definitely found the thing that I want to do for free. Um... I still do it for free, unfortunately, but um, it's a it's a process to kind of get 
paid for for this work but I'm gonna I'm gonna get there I, I believe that I can get there because I love doing it so much I like spend every breathing minute doing it so I definitely can relate to that you kind of know what you want to do um and you know when it's not you're not in the right place anymore so yeah I think there is there is a nice synergy that comes about when you figured out what you want to do and it's kind of the the thing that you're happy doing every day but yeah there's I can't quite leave my job just yet <laughs> and take this on full time. Um, so, yeah, I think there's still a little bit of um, growing to do before before I make the leap. Uh, I wanted to pick up on what you said about your writing. And you mentioned that when you were younger, writing was one of the things that you were good at. And then you went into law and there was like a lack of creativity. And then you found the Broadway Black writing gig and... I guess I kind of wanted to talk about how you knew that you were good at writing. Did you feel that from when you were younger or did that come from kind of external people saying, oh, you're really good at this? And what made you feel bold enough to then take it on as the thing that you went on to essentially leave your job for? Right. I I think we don't pay attention enough to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we rely so much on external factors and, and people sort of putting you, you into these particular silos, um, you know, sometimes against your will and, and sometimes in ways that aren't um, nefarious, but, but can be um, at, at best benign. Um, so writing was effortless for me. Um, and, and that's how I knew I was good at it, because I could do it, you know, sometimes literally with my eyes closed and turn in a paper, um, you know, and, and get, you know, great marks from it, from the teachers and, and nice comments or whatever. But it was like, you know what, if you just give me something that I'm interested in, I can go all day and write and write and write. Um, you know, I just came home. Um, I was behind deadline. Uh, and so on my three-hour plane trip home from the Sundance Film Festival mm-hmm. uh, just last week, um, I wrote this, you know, 1,400-word article essay um, for Vanity Fair, which is going to be a big deal once it actually dropped. And yet, you know, there I was on the plane, you know, on that tiny little you know, airplane table that they give you, yeah. um, you know, just, just sort of knocking it out. That's insane. And also, Vanity Fair is a huge deal, so well done. Um, what's it about? Can you say or not yet? Um, it's it's going to be about Oscar so white and Wonderful. you know you know it's it's for the Oscars issue or what have you so I guess it drops right before the Oscars or something like that um, you know what we've seen in the past couple of years. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Where we've been, where we're going, um, what this year's nominations mean, that kind of thing. Cool. Oh, I will look forward to reading it when it comes out. And so I wanted to switch gears a little bit and talk about where you are now. So obviously you are the creator behind actually a few hashtags, but I guess your most prominent one was the Oscars So White one, which became this viral sensation and really kind of turned the lens on the Academy and how little they have done in recent years in ever actually um in kind of making sure that diversity was at the forefront of their mind despite paying a lot of lip service to it and I remember when we first started our network and the podcast like I was not someone that actually paid attention to movies or the Oscars in that for that matter because it never seemed to have anyone for me in there in the first place um and I think what you did was so incredible in that you really did make it a conversation and I think a lot of people that never engaged with the Oscars before actually started to engage with it and be like actually um this is probably why I haven't engaged and I wanted to know how you dealt with kind of the virality of that so did that kind of change how you worked did it impact you negatively or positively what were some of the effects of going I guess viral yeah Oscars so white changed my life uh, full stop. Um, you know, because I was still practicing law at that time. Um, I was, you know, still um, working with Broadway Black, and I everything changed on that day in January of 2015. Um, and then I, you know, just to give your listeners a little bit of context, um, it happened very organically. So I, it, that morning, January 2015, I was in my family room watching the Oscar nominations on TV, um, as I did every year, you know, the Oscars were like my Super Bowl. So, you know, I did oh, the wow. creek, you know, the red carpet and I made snacks and I made sure that the TV was reserved. So nobody in the house was going to bother me for like four or five hours that day. And <laughs> so it was a big deal, you know, and I had watched the Oscars for years, decades, really. Um, you know, and I made it a big deal. Like I, once the nominations came out, I tried to see all of the best actor and actress nominees and best picture, the actual movies so that I could say, oh yeah, they were robbed or, you know, oh yeah, she absolutely deserved it. Um, so I really got into it. Um, and then uh, that particular year, there were no nominees in the best actor or actress or supporting actor or actress categories of color. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just struck me. And, the, and obviously that was not the first year that that had happened, so I can't tell you why that year was any different. Um, but I just picked up my phone and I said one tweet, Oscar's so white, they asked to touch my hair, um, which is a reference to um, the fetishization that black women often, often experience at the literal hands of white people who reach out mm-hmm. um, without consent very often and touch our hair because they, they think the texture is, is something exotic or something. Yeah. Um, and, and it went viral. Um, it was not the first time that I had had a hashtag go viral. And, you know, I put my, I didn't even realize it had happened. I put my phone down, I finished getting dressed and I went on to work. 
um, I checked in around lunchtime and Oscar So White was trending internationally. Uh, and then I realized that this was a thing, right? <laughs> but yeah. it, initially, you know, I just tweeted this one very sarcastic um, tweet. Uh, and so that's the way people were taking it. So there were a whole bunch of jokes about how white the Oscars were. Um, and it wasn't until a couple of days later where the, uh, the conversation changed into something more meaningful about the lack of diversity, um, at least initially with respect to the Oscars that year. But now the conversation is broadened to the lack of inclusion of all marginalized communities throughout the entertainment industry. Um, and so, you know, those early days, I had to decide what I was going to do with this thing that I had created unintentionally. Um, you know, am I going to be the face of the movement? What does it mean? How quickly can I get up to speed about the facts? You know, how white are the Oscars? You know, when yeah. is the last time, you know, a woman was nominated for Best Director? Or when is the last time an AAPI person um, was nominated for, you know, Best Actor or Actress? Um, but I realized very quickly that um, because of my love of film, um, that this was this was the thing. This you know this is something that I could become passionate about, and, and it dropped in my lap. But it, it was fantastic because it gave me the opportunity to really um, be creative, and, and it allowed me to write more mm -hmm. um, about this particular issue, to speak on the topic, um, and and to really find my calling. Yeah, that's beautiful. I feel like it's a very nice way to go viral. Um, and yeah, it sounds like you were equipped with a lot of the tools and the knowledge already to kind of handle what that then became. And obviously you turned it on its head and completely used it to really create and make change, which I think is so vital. And something that I don't often see when something gets picked up in that in that way. Um, so I was wondering, actually, when you realize that this is now becoming a movement did you feel the pressure to sustain that um how did you go about maintaining that conversation and keeping it going yeah I, I feel that responsibility every single day you know I don't I don't consider it pressure because again it's it's something that I love mm -hmm. um but but I think there's something to be said for the staying power of a hashtag of any kind to to have survived you know four years in now, you know, because it, this, that was 2015. Here we are in 2018. Yeah. Articles were still being written about this hashtag. And if you think back, you know, not to toot my horn by any means, but if you think about other hashtags that have been created, they, they sort of fall by the wayside, yeah, you know, absolutely. after a month or, you know, a week. Um, and so there is a responsibility because there's so much more to be done. You know, and, and unfortunately, the Academy um, of Motion Pictures, Arts and Sciences that runs the Oscars um, plays right into my hands, you know, and as does Hollywood, right? Yeah. So I would, I would love nothing more than to talk myself out of this gig, right? <laughs> so that there is enough inclusion in um, entertainment, in film and in TV and on stage that we don't have to have this conversation e anymore, you know, but every year it's like, well, where is the XYZ marginalized community? Why have we still not heard from the indigenous people? You know, where are the films about this? And so, you know, I have the opportunity to keep this movement going. Yeah. Um, and I do feel it's a responsibility because, um, because kids around the world still are not able to see themselves reflected on screen. 
And that's the true goal of Oscar So White. You know, there with you in the in the UK, the BAFTAs are equivalent of the Oscars have yeah. changed some of their categories so that there are now two that actually require diversity before people can even be nominated. That didn't exist before Oscar So White. And it's fantastic because it means now that for the rest of the existence of the BAFTAs, somebody is going to have to be thinking about diversity and inclusion if they want to get nominated in those categories. And that's great. You know, the uh, here in the States, um, the Academy has committed to doubling the number of people of color and the number of women within the Academy by 2020. Now their numbers were paltry to begin with. So going from, you know, going from 10% (laughs) to 20% isn't a huge difference, but we have already seen incremental changes that have been occurring because of um, the difference in the demographic of those who are being admitted to the Academy in these past couple of years. So there's a lot of work to be done, um, and, and I take that responsibility on happily um, it, because um, it means that things are going to get better for those from traditionally underrepresented communities, that they will have more work than they did before I created the hashtag. Yeah, that's, yeah, like there's so much work to be done. You're so right. And I feel like there's almost a reluctant, a a willful reluctance to do the work. Um, Like you said, it started, the numbers are so tiny already. Um, And to build upon it, you're not, it's it's not going to take that much effort, but yet it seems to be like a massive chore. Um, So finally, to wrap up, I just wanted to ask you, what is the worst advice you've ever received? And what is the best advice you've ever received? I don't listen to people often, (laughs) so I'm not sure that that's the best, but what I can tell you is that, (laughs) right, yeah, what I can, no, no, because you never know until you, you know, until you do it, and and then, you know, it's too late or whatever, you forget who told you. Um, I, I would think some of the worst advice is to, I think, just to do what is expected of you. Ooh. I think that would probably be the worst advice um, as opposed to what is in your heart. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so I, I think that I'm not even sure that anybody told me that, but I think maybe that was just ingrained, you know, you, you're supposed to be X or you need to go do X, you know, but the question should always be, why not? Why, you know, why not something different? So do what is expected to you. It's expected of you is probably the worst advice that anyone can give anyone. Um, and the best advice is, is to, you know, to speak what it is that you want into the universe mm-hmm. and then to work like hell to achieve it. Um, and that is the advice that, that I have lived by for since Oscar so white. And I cannot tell you the doors that have opened um, to me because of it, yeah. you know, it, 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 you know, and, and people do that in different ways. Some people pray, some people use a vision board. Some people like me use Twitter. You know, I put out there, um, like last year, I think actually, I, I can't remember either 2016, 2017, you know, I said, I want to go to more film festivals, right? Less than an hour after I said that Tribeca film festival in New York, um, you know, responded to that tweet and said, we would love to have you come. 
Oh, wow. And, and, yeah. And, and that happens to me again and again and again. So, so it's not as, it's not that, you know, things are falling into your lap because you have to be at a certain place where you are prepared to receive mm-hmm. what the universe is giving you. So that's why I say work like hell to get there. Um, because if I would just been Joe Schmo, that's one thing, but I was, Hey, the Oscar still white lady, and it would be a benefit to them to have me on their red carpet, that kind of thing. So it was mutually beneficial. Yeah. So speak, speak what you want into the universe, you know, write it down, you know, either digitally or whatever, um, and then work like hell to make it happen so that you are prepared for when the universe does um, reward you in that way. That is amazing advice. Thank you so much, April. This has been so much fun for me. And it's been an honor to speak to you. I, I know that you must have so much to do. And thank you so much. That advice was perfect. And I couldn't have said it better myself. So thank you. Oh, my pleasure. This was great. It was a great conversation. Oh, you're so welcome. I loved April's story because you can find your purpose at any point in your life and choose to fulfill it. Be sure to follow April on Twitter at Reign of April. That's R-E-I-G-N-O-F-A-P-R-I-L. And you can find out more about her work by visiting her website, reignofapril.com. Remember, March 1st is when she'll be debuting her resource directory of talented creatives in the media industry, all of whom are traditionally from underrepresented backgrounds. So be sure to be following her so you can catch when that's dropped. Priska will be back in two weeks to discuss the comparison trap. And we have some room for some more questions. In fact, a few people submitted questions on how to negotiate for some more money. So those are the kinds of things that we can answer for you. So make sure you get your questions submitted about marketing, branding, career, or whatever you have a question about to wb at shoutoutnetwork.co.uk. Or you could just visit wannabepodcast.com and select ask a question. It's that simple. If you like how this podcast is made and you think you can do what I do, then reach out to the Shoutout Network. To find out more about membership, visit shoutoutnetwork.co.uk. Be sure to follow Wannabe on Twitter and Instagram at wannabepodcast. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please do leave a review on iTunes if you have an iPhone or a Mac computer. To get extended show notes listing any of the tools and resources and to find out more about April's work, visit wannabepodcast.com. Show notes are updated every Wednesday. Thank you so much for listening. I look forward to seeing you all next week. Bye. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.